Before we read in these few verses here, I'd like to uh, read you something that Brother Don Portner wrote, and uh, it's good. It's not going to be like what I'm going to be saying. I mean, this is really good. Don said, according to God's own purpose and decree, our salvation is accomplished is an accomplished reality in Christ. He knew us in our in electing love, predestinated us to be his sons, called us to be his own, justified us in his purpose, and glorified us in Christ. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. What a special blessing we have to be able to worship Him together this morning. <clears throat> Isaiah 45, I'd like you to start with me in verse 20, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. Isaiah 45. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. Tell ye, bring them near, yet let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient times? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior. There is none else beside me. Our text this morning is going to be those six words. A just God and a Savior. Read on. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. I have sworn by myself. The word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory. And then in chapter 46, let's start with verse 9 in chapter 46. These verses tell us who our God is, what kind of a God we have. And there is none else beside him. I like that, don't you? None else beside him. Verse 9, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. 
I have purposed it, I will also do it. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. We realize that this is the only way that we are accepted in, by being accepted in the Beloved. We realize that our only righteousness is in Him. We realize also that all our holiness is found in Jesus Christ. And all our perfection is in Christ. Lord, we thank you for what you have done for us. Our wonderful God and Savior. The one who's redeemed us and has forgiven us all sin through your blood. This morning we want to praise and honor and glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, help us, Lord, to worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. Lord, we pray that you would be with our pastor and Shirley and other members of our church that are down at, uh, in Florida at the conference. We pray that you would bless them this morning and then give them safe travel as they come back to us. We pray for those of our congregation who have physical problems and other kinds of problems. Lord, we know that you're the one who brought them to us. And so we should praise and honor and glorify you because these things are going to work out for good for your purpose to us who are called and loved. And Father, we pray that you would bless the word this morning as we speak. I pray, Father, that you'd give me strength, help me to stand and proclaim that God is a merciful God and a gracious God. And he'll be merciful to whom he will be merciful. He'll be gracious to whom he is gracious. We pray, Father, that you will save such as should be saved here at Lantana Grace Church and around Crossville. May we be the witnesses that would bring them to hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing the hymn of the day in the boys. Back in Isaiah 45, those six words, I want to remind you again, found in verse 21, toward the end of the verse, he says, there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior.
a just God and the Savior. How can a just God save sinners? Job was asked this question, how then can a man be justified with God? I was sitting in my store selling some tires and a former preacher friend of mine of the free will persuasion was there and he was talking to my son and I was just listening to what they had to say and they was talking about the mercy of God and I thought well that's that's a good subject to talk about right there the mercy of God and then that preacher said do you realize that God has to give up some of his justice to show mercy and I looked at him and I said sir you don't know the gospel mm -hmm. yeah. because God will never give up any of his justice he can be and is a just God and a savior a just God demands perfection. Not even close. A just God demands perfection. As a matter of fact, he says in Matthew chapter 5, 28, Be ye perfect, for I am perfect. That's a command. Be ye perfect, for I am perfect. Now, if we're going to make it to heaven, if we're going to go see our Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to see all the uh, saints around the thrones and the four and twenty elders. We're going to have to be perfect. I'm not. You just have to be with me for a little while and you'll know that. I'm not perfect. But then he also says, Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I'm not holy. Not in me. Not in myself. I'm not holy. Again, you don't have to be around me very long to find out. I'm not, a, I'm not that holy person. But you notice that's a command too. Be ye holy. For I am holy. That's God's command to us. A just God commands us to be perfect. A just God commands us to be holy. A just God commands us to be righteous. And in and of ourselves, none of us are. And then he says, to, to add to that, I am the Lord, I change not. He will not change. He will not change the fact that he's a just God. He will not change the fact that he has commanded you and I to be perfect. He will not change that he has commanded us to be holy. He will not change that he demands of us righteousness. He won't change. He is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, what does God require? 
Whatever God requires, no mere man can meet those requirements. No matter what he requires, no mere man can meet those requirements. I just had four points in this message this morning. The first one is, a just God demands perfection. The second one is, because I'm imperfect, because I'm unholy, because I'm unrighteous, a just God demands the punishment of the sinner. He demands the punishment of the sinner. Well, am I a sinner? Am I a sinner? For whosoever shall keep the whole law and shall offend in one point, he's guilty of all. I've never kept all the law. Matter of fact, when I go through the law, I realize I never kept any of it. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's me. I've sinned. I've come short of the glory of God. I've not been able to attain it. It's the shooting of the arrow, and the arrow falls short. Doesn't even reach the target. That's me. Then in Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 9 through 12, I want you to look at that with me. Turn to Romans 3, 9, 9 to 12. Romans 3, verses 9 through 12. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Now he quotes from David, the psalmist. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. That's what God says. I'll take God's word over yours and mine any day, won't you? There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are become together, become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Are we sinners? Yes, we are. And because we are sinners, the wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, Ezekiel said, it shall die. He said it twice in the same chapter. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And in Exodus, when Moses wanted to see the glory of God, God put him in the cleft of the rock. And then the, God spoke before him. And one of the phrases he said is that God will by no means clear the guilty. We're going to live in this body of sinful flesh until the day that God calls us home. He'll not clear. 
He told Adam, in the day that you eat thereof, concerning the fruit, in the day that you eat thereof, ye shall surely die. Adam lived 960 years. What did God mean? Well, he didn't mean physical death, but he meant a spiritual death, separated from God. Separated from God. And then Paul says that he puts it all together this way. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. A just God demands the punishment of the sinner. We're sinners by nature and sinners by choice. That's who we are before a holy God. Sin is what we do because sin is what we are. Yes, that's right. Jeremiah said, Can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leopard his spots? Neither can you do good who are accustomed to doing evil. That's who we are before God. A just God demands perfection. A just God demands the punishment of the sinner. A just God demands satisfaction. He demands satisfaction. Something is going to have to satisfy God in this matter of justice. Actually, it was someone. Amen. It was someone who did. There is nothing we can do to satisfy God's demands. It's not in us. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. Now, if he is a just God and a Savior, <laughs> a Savior is my only hope. A Savior is my only hope. Oh, Lord, don't leave me to myself. If left to myself, then I deserve and, and will be punished for all eternity for my sin, for who I am. I deserve the wrath of God. But I must have God's mercy. My only hope is Jesus Christ, my Savior. I must have God's mercy. So I cry out like the publican in the temple. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I have no help but you. I have no one but you. And there's only one God. And he does his pleasure. He does what he purposes. You see in the eternal covenant of grace that was made before the foundation of the world, the Father elected a people to be conformed to the image of his Son. And the son willingly became a surety, the surety, of bringing those many sons to glory. And the Spirit of Christ gathers these elect from the four corners of the earth through the preaching of the Word of God. Great is the mystery of godliness. God became a man.
Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Turn to John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now who is this word? He's God. Who is this word? Look down at verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God manifest in the flesh, of course, was Jesus Christ himself. Emmanuel, God with us. He said, a body thou hast prepared for me. You know, there's only one reason why God would do all this. That I could think of right off. Man has to have a Savior because he's a just God. Man has to have a Savior. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. But God's justice must be satisfied, and only God can satisfy God. Mm-hmm. Only perfection can satisfy the perfect. Only holiness can satisfy the holy. Only righteousness can satisfy the righteous. He requires perfection. He requires the death of the sinner. So the psalmist David in Psalm 85 verse 10 said, Mercy and truth have met together in the person of Jesus Christ. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the one who brings it together. He's the just God and the Savior, and he brings them together. He satisfied the Father. Jesus Christ became our substitute. He lived a perfect, sinless life, holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. He set his face as a flint, headed to the place God's justice would be satisfied. He was headed to the cross. He sacrificed himself for his chosen people. He bore all their sin in his body on the tree. He, made it, he was made to be sin for us who knew no sin. And there on the cross was a bloody, mangled man, his visage so marred, more than any man, it says in Isaiah 52. He was that man of sorrows unacquainted with grief. And when he died on that cross, when he went to that cross for us, he put away, paid for, the sins of all his people. 
Every last one of them. He obtained eternal redemption for us. That's what our Lord Jesus Christ did for us. And he, the Father wielded the sword of justice on His darling Son. I can't imagine that. I have a son. Many of you do too. I couldn't imagine wielding the sword of justice on my son. But our father did. And he did because Jesus willingly suffered the penalties of sin for you and for me. So much so that our Lord cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God could not look on sin. He separated himself from his son. And the son was forsaken. Think about this. So that we would never be forsaken. <laughs> never be forsaken by our, our God, by our Lord. The only thing that would satisfy God's justice was the death of the sinner. God made him to be sin for us and then wielded a sword of justice on his own son. And he hung there for three hours in darkness till God was satisfied that all the sins of all the elect was paid for. That the death of the sinner had paid its due, that Christ's blood was shed for the forgiveness of their sins. After all this that was done there on the cross, our Lord cries out, It is finished! Greek word, tetelectai. You know what it means? Perfect! That perfection that we needed, He was! And once he had done that, all that work of salvation, he said, it's perfect. It's paid for. It's done. It's accomplished. There's not a thing you need to do. I did it for you. If you'll just trust me, come to me. The father saw the travail of his soul and was satisfied. No wonder Paul says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And no wonder he says concerning us, there is therefore no, now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Now that's the place I want to be. In Christ Jesus. No other place is going to give me that safety and that wonderful benefit. You see, justice has been satisfied by someone outside of myself. And the fourth thing I want to talk about is a just God demands the salvation of the elect. Now he's already provided that salvation. And 
a just God, demands the salvation of God's elect. He will do all his pleasure, what he's purposed. It's done. If our God would cause the eternal covenant of blood, don't you think he would bring salvation to all his own people? He didn't do all that for nothing. He did it to bring salvation to his own. He did all this that he might remain just and be the justifier of them that believe in Jesus Christ. Paul told Timothy concerning Jesus Christ who has saved us, called us, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Our assurance is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Sometimes I lay awake at night and remember all the evil things I've done. And then I think of my Lord and all that he did for me. And now sitting on his throne, resting. And I start thinking of him. And guess what? I start forgetting of all those things I've been thinking about before. I start thinking about him and his glory and his mag- and the magnitude of himself and the salvation that he has brought. Our assurance is Jesus Christ alone who loved us and gave himself for us. And he commands us, come unto me. Come unto me. Why, where else would we go? Who else provided a perfect salvation? Who else provided his own righteousness for us? Who else gave his own holiness for us? But then it said, No man cometh to the Father but by me. But listen to this. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. They're going to get there. They're going to get there. Because they're his elect. His people. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not... Freely give us all things. And who should lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. It's God that justifieth. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who gave himself uh, and loved me and gave himself for me. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful God. Now whatever God has required, He has given. He has given. We need to be perfect. Look at Romans or Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10.
Hebrews chapter 10, look down at verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. We're perfect. In Jesus Christ, we're perfect. He did it. He made sure of it. He's our surety to that. Not only that, but for forever them that are sanctified. I needed to be holy. Sanctification means holiness. He made me holy. He made me perfect. He made me righteous. The Lord made him sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In him. Other things he's given us because of this. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith. And that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Lest any man should boast. He's given us faith. In Romans 6.23 it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's given us eternal life. The The very life of Himself. He is life. So it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. It's not by blood, nor by the will of the flesh, nor by the will of man, but of God. Since there is nothing that we could offer, it must be of God. And thank the Lord, we are accepted in the beloved. In the beloved. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He has saved us. To those who believe, He says, I will be your God. And ye shall be my people. I can't justify myself. It's entirely the work of my Savior, Amen. Jesus Christ. And if I'm going to be saved, then I better do what that publican did. I better be smiting on my breast and saying, God, Be merciful to me, the sinner. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege we've had of being here to worship you together to hear the gospel again the gospel of our salvation and Lord we pray that the spirit of God 
through the word of God, by the power of God, would open each heart to your gospel. And may we see again our Savior and magnify him above all and declare his name. Bless these people. Bless them as they go their way. And as we come back this evening, may we honor the name of Jesus Christ in all that we do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know the number of it. Uh, free from the law. Two oh five. Let's stand. Jesus says, bless.